Welcome to Gardner's Podcast. Today, Darren Galindo is hosting a discussion on the sermon from this past Sunday, November 26th, called Stewardship of Rest. If you have yet to hear that teaching, pop over to Garden Church Podcast and take a listen. It was taught by Bill Dottram, and Bill was able to join Darren this morning, along with one of our elders, Alan Friedman. Let's take a listen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm here with Alan and Bill. We're still kind of rubbing our eyes. It's not that early, but come on. We've, we've only had one cup of coffee so far. I'm on my second. Oh, you're already on your second one? <laughs> um, we talked about last time, Bill roasts his own coffee beans, but uh, Alan, what do you do special for your cof- coffee? I go to Phil's. You go to Phil's. Yeah. So the best way to do something yeah. is to let someone else do it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, they, they do the pour over though, which is nice. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we're, we're caffeinated. We're, we're still trying to wake up a little bit. Um, and we're here to talk about rest. And uh, Bill, you um, your sermon from Sunday was, was entitled Stewardship of Rest. And one of the things that I wanted to hear from you is, is again, the, like your top-down description of inviting someone into this conversation. But one of the things that um, even Alan and I were talking about beforehand was, um, what's the difference between rest and Sabbath? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, to just throw a curveball at you. Yeah. I, I think that that uh i'm gonna probably have to think about that it'll occur to me on my drive home okay (laughs) but initially um sabbath is a setting aside it's it's the idea of holiness of sacredness right it's the sabbath is 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 made holy it's sanctified not all rest is rest can simply be a cessation from work it doesn't have to be holy mm-hmm. so sabbath is affirmational it is filling the 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 space the outcome of sabbath is rest but sa- mm-hmm. rest um can can at, the challenge is how 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 does how does rest emerge um, out of just not doing something. And I think you probably have had the experience of, you know, after a vacation or after a, a weekend off, uh, that I got to get back to work. I'm just lethargic and dragon and whatnot, in which case rest has not been restorative. I, I, I'm not working, mm-hmm. but I'm not resting either, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because rest, I think, properly understood is a condition of soul, ultimately. And Sabbath is not about rest per se. It's about this creation. It, it, it includes that as the mm-hmm. kind of the byproduct almost. But it is a, it's a, a, a sanctification of time, if you will. Uh, a, a setting aside, a ceasing is the idea of Sabbath mm-hmm. is to cease um, but the key piece is the difference is, is that it's, from my understanding at least, is that it's, it's declared, it's made holy, it's set apart. And the outcome of that then is, is rest. 
Mm. So Jesus' language that we used, I'll give you rest, but then you'll find rest uh, because you're working from holiness to holiness in holiness. And, and that, that ease, that gentle, that humble way, that's what we're built for. There's, there's a way that your heart can keep beating for decades because it has a rhythm. It, it has a rhythm of rest and work. And if that gets disrupted, if that gets out of vibration, mm-hmm. unhealth occurs. Um, similarly, the planets, uh, the time is evening and morning. So we're stepping into a rhythm and Sabbath sanctifies, Abraham Heschel calls it a cathedral in time, mm. uh, a sacred space that then sanctifies the rest, right? And uh, the, the, the rest that we're talking about, the soul rest, arises out of that, uh, that understanding. So uh, yeah, that's probably long and convoluted, but initially no, that's yeah. my kind of where I'm thinking. <clears throat> that's really good because yeah. I remember my initial thought, and this was just you know first first uh, uh, assumptions um, when I knew that you were going to be talking about rest. I was like, we already talked about Sabbath. Like, what what more is there to say? But I just in listening to the sermon, I realized how bad I am at re- actually resting. Yeah, because. I assume that because I stopped worked and I, I did Sabbath that I also rested and that's right. not always the case No, and rest is its own different thing. Yeah. Um, uh, Alan, what was your, uh, big highlight or takeaway from, from Sunday's sermon just about this concept of rest? Yeah, I think there's, there's actually a lot there. I know when I go on vacation, a lot of times I come back like needing a vacation because it's what <laughs> yeah, you exactly. refer to as uh, it, recreation is not so much rest, you know, is that. Uh, so there's that. But then initially when I was thinking that Sabbath is more like that consecrated practice of like setting aside the, the time, um, but rest is more of like a, a posture or a, a like I'm working from a place of trust in the Lord or like, mm. you know, when we talk about, um, I forget who it was they were asked, I think it might have been Dallas Willard, he was asking, you know, if you were to describe Jesus in one word, what would that be? And I think he said relaxed. And um, so I think it's coming from, it's like rest is, the Sabbath is the, um, is the practice, but then what it produces is that non-anxious presence that working from a place of being relaxed mm-hmm. yeah, and confident that I can't earn this. You know, it's just everything I have comes from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you guys can hear to my voice. I'm still getting over this little cold. <clears throat> um, and over the, the Thanksgiving break, um, I was going to be spending a few days just with my family. And usually when that happens, I'm thinking, what could I get done? What could I get a head start on? What do I need to finish? You know, classic American mindset. And because I wasn't feeling my best, I was sitting down and like reading maybe less than I thought that I would be. Um, I was playing video games with my kids. I was just kind of like going on slow walks with my wife and like, just like being lazy around the house. And what's interesting is 
when I look back, I, my first thought is, oh, what a waste. I mm. didn't do very much. And then I hear the sermon about, about rest and I'm like, oh, I'm so bad at not resting right. mm-hmm. that God had to make me not feel good and to be lazy enough to like, to lean into and actually receive rest. Mm-hmm. And um, I, w- I had the gift of coming out of the Thanksgiving um, holiday, um, feeling more rested, obviously still getting over, you know, getting my voice back and stuff like that. But um, it was just an interesting thing because my first thought was, what a waste of time. Not, not so much like I got to spend time with my kids and my wife and my family and, and, and everything, but um, uh, that was where I'm coming from. Where, and I, I think that's where a lot of uh, people that are listening to this are coming from is that empty space needs to be filled. Um, what, does, what does Bill have to say about empty space and rest and that it's on purpose? Well, and that's, that's the point, right? That is, and I tried to get this across in the line, you need to learn how to do nothing well. Yeah. Because, again, inevitably, that the West, Western way, yeah. right? Productivity. Uh, uh-huh. Productivity Efficiency. is how I prove my value, my worth, yeah. my significance. And God says, as long as you do that, you'll never be valuable, you'll never be mm. significant, because you'll always be the target keeps on moving the there's always somebody better at whatever it is that you're you are so why don't you why don't you why don't you take worth value significance from what i say about you Mm. and then work out of that and that is that's kingdom that's that's the nature of the the kingdom and uh, i i think that the and I, and I do make a distinction, and we have the luxury of this in the current economy we're living in. We can have both a day off and a Sabbath. Mm. And that may be actually more helpful for some folks to think through, okay, I, I've, I've, I'm resting from my nine to five, although at some level, given the way most of us are wired, we're thinking, we're planning, we're strategizing, we're writing notes to ourselves, Etc. Uh, but even so, uh, I'm not doing the nine to five, whatever that might be. Um, but but there is stuff to do at home. I've got the mm-hmm. you know lawn to mow. I've got the garage to clean out. I've got the house to clean. I've got the the honeydew list yes. right. Um, and maybe what we can think of is taking the Sabbath, the cathedral in time in which because. Both of those can be expressions or means of acquiring identity. Finding, okay, can I set aside a day to do the honeydew, to do the lawn, to do the garage, to do the chores, the day off, the junk drawer of the week? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the, the place yeah, yeah. that everything gets put that didn't have time to get done, mm-hmm. right? But then create this cathedral in which the goal is to do nothing well, which is not to say lays around in your jammies all day, but is to say nothing productive, nothing that lasts beyond the moment. It's, it's some of the artwork uh, that I'm seeing, whether it's a Banksy or uh, the sand sculptures uh, in Japan or some of these uh, seaside sculptures that I see uh, and works of art in the sand, that are just created for the moment, 
And then the tide comes in and it's gone. Mm-hmm. We want to permanentize everything yeah. and make it last as our legacy. And God says, I'm your legacy. Mm. I'm, mm. I, I'm the one in whom you have life. Um, and why not, why not lean into and celebrate and learn that um, non-productive value? Mm-hmm. And that really ultimately is what Sabbath is and why it <clears throat> traditionally includes things often for non-professional religious people, worship and family and leisure and recreation mm-hmm. and a nap on a Sunday afternoon and those practices, knowing that I've got seven days total, setting aside one actually makes the other six more productive mm. if it really if you really want to do the metrics on it. Uh, and I, I think that that gives us a, a, a different metric, a different understanding. Yeah, for sure. As as you were talking about that, um, the idea of making everything permanent, making everything last, it totally reminded me of social media these days where I can't yeah. just have dessert. I have to take a picture of it and share with everybody to make it like to memorialize this moment. And I think it was Denzel Washington or some, some actor um, promoting the idea of specifically in special moments to not take a picture to let yourself just enjoy the moment mm-hmm. for what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think some of us uh, with our recent attention on um, how we interact with social media have maybe gotten into the practice of, you know what, I'm not going to photograph this moment because this will just be for my memory. This will just be for right now. Mm-hmm. This is just for, for me and my consumption, family. Right. Yeah. And uh, I love how that ties into a little bit of this idea of rest. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I did want to, to hit before we get into some more uh, uh, things is <clears throat> rest done well can look like, or at least in my mind and imagination, it, it can look a little bit like laziness. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do you reconcile those two? Or, uh, cause I, th- I think me and my conservative background, we see like laziness, you know, especially like in Ecclesiastes or the Proverbs, or, you know, the lazy man and like, don't be that guy, like get, you know, pick yourself up and do your thing and, you know, take care of yourself. Um, we see that as a very big negative that we want to run away from. Mm-hmm. And here we are introducing rest that looks very similar, but there's intentionality behind it. But can you, can you define those boundaries a little bit more? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, my attempt would be to say, first of all, to remember that the Ecclesiastes culture is a Sabbath culture. Mm-hmm. So all of the proverbial prohibitions against sloth against sluggard, against consider the grasshopper, consider the ant, you know, this kind of stuff, all is in the context of one day in seven in which we do none of that. Mm -hmm. So the general sense in that first, in that broader sense is those six days, yeah, that's what we were talking about last week. Work, do, do, do the thing. But don't think that's where your life comes from. Your life comes from me, and I want you to take one day in seven and remind yourself of that fact so that when you go back to the 
anthill on Monday morning, mm-hmm. you, you, you're coming from a place in which your identity is expressed, not defined, mm. right? So I think that's one aspect of it. I think the mm. second aspect, because sloth is one of the deadly sins, mm-hmm. it, it's one of the ways that we take ourselves out of the game. Uh, the problem is uh, that sloth is rarely ever, in our culture at least, doing nothing. It's not sitting on the porch with your corncob pipe and the <laughs> bloodhound behind, you know, just rocking away. That actually may be a, a wisdom posture, mm. right? You look at the, the, the wisdom figures, they're not, they're not running marathons, they're, they're sitting on the mountaintop. They're sitting on the front porch, rocking. Mm. They're letting life soak in. Mm. So I think that's an image that says doing nothing actually requires a fair amount of intentionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other piece that I would argue is that a lot of us mask our laziness in busyness. Uh, Sloth is not doing nothing. It's not doing the thing that you ought to be doing. So I've got to work on my sermon. I've got to write this paper. I've got to get this task done. But boy, I've got to organize the paper clips on the desk right now. I've just got to make sure everything's in order. So I'm doing something. I'm very busy doing something. But it's not the thing. It's not the one thing. And that's where, for me personally, because sloth is one of my besetting sins, um, is, is I'm, I, can, I can be busy doing all of the things and look at myself at the end of the day and say, what did I do? What I did I do? Yeah, I and I can that. give you a minute-by-minute minute rundown, mm-hmm. but not any of them contribute to the one thing. So I think laziness has gotten a bad rap hmm. in the sense of... You know who 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 are the who are the people that children gravitate to? Who are the ones that 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 they want to climb up in their lap? Now, certainly, there's the active. Let's go to the park. Let's go to the thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, with your grandkids, it's the stillness often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the presence. It, it's yeah. it's and and um. Okay. You can't do that unless you've mm-hmm. got a lap for them to sit in. You right. Know? You know, that's actually perfect. Um, yeah, that's... What are your that, thoughts, Alan? That uh, makes a lot of sense. It seems like sloth would be kind of like lack of intention or like the lack of effort and even really understanding the difference between earning and effort, you know, because like we can't really earn, but it's the... But um, like, what do you say, Bill? Grace isn't... Earned, opposed, but but yeah, it's not opposed to effort. Is, grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's again Willard. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's borrowing. There it from is. Else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, always. there it is. It's and I actually have to remind myself of that a lot. I think when I'm not, um, when I feel like I'm not operating from a place of rest, it's usually because I'm running from something that I just don't want to do. Like, like you said, I could. Uh, arrange the paper clips on my desk, but I'm not doing the thing that I should be doing, you know, and that comes, you know, it's like kind of where I cross the bridge from, you know, like 
working from a place of rest or working from a place of performance and striving. Yes. You know. And I think I think that's the Martha Mary tension that we often misunderstand that Jesus says to Martha, we think you need to be more like Mary mm-hmm. and sit at my feet. And in fact, I don't think that's what he's saying to her at all. I think what he's saying to her is you need to be Martha undistracted. Mm-hmm. And she, cause she, he says, was distracted and worried about so many things. What's the one thing? And it's not the same for Martha as it is for Mary. It, it is, can you do the ministry of hospitality without being distracted by the object of your hospitality or mm-hmm. by the, somebody else's uh, mm-hmm. service? So anyway. Um, I'm reminded of uh, Jesus, and Bill, you're going to have to correct me or at least point me in the right direction. Um, when he was explaining to his disciples, we're always going to have the poor with us. Um, it was, was that when, uh, Mary broke the bottle on yeah. Jesus' feet? And then I think it was Judas that was like, oh, we could have, you know, given yeah. it to the poor. Such a waste. Yeah. Such a waste. <laughs> and like that idea of waste and that idea of <clears throat> like going so above and beyond that it seems ridiculous. Um, but Jesus' idea in that sense, and obviously that's, that's concerning finances and money and, and resource. Um, he's saying, you're always going to have stuff to do. You're always going to have people to help, but stopping that and again, wasting time or wasting resource to just be with the father, to be with Jesus, um, is like a picture in my mind that I was like, Oh, this is, this is what he's talking about. We, we always have stuff to do because, um, you know, I work with, uh, Seth, our audio engineer here and, he, uh, he'll tell you there's always something for me and him to do, you know, in the production world. It's like edit this video or fix that light or right. work out this, right. this slide. Um, and I found my bad habits of work was really rooted in if I can just maximize my day, then I can get more done for whatever reason. And lately, basically all that, happens is that I go, go home like completely drained and not very useful for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and this idea of I'm trying to do the one thing that I'm supposed to do right now, but I am trying to stop and take like a mini Sabbath, but just like take a walk, you know, uh, garden church is here by a beautiful Marina. Um, And so many days go by where I'm just like, I didn't see the sun today. I didn't go outside. I didn't like look at the clouds. I didn't look at the water. I didn't like appreciate the beauty. And oftentimes like a five minute stroll outside is all I need to be that much more productive productive, um, when I come back in and I feel more refreshed. Um, Is that like, for me, that's very, very helpful. But what would you say for someone that struggles with, like not being able to stop, not being able to, to like sit and be at, at peace. What, what are the building blocks to achieve even just a little bit of that? I think that highlights the, the, the backside, if you will, or side B of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 11. Come to me, I'll give you rest, but then 
learn how to live your life, learn how to do your work from me. Take my way of being on you. So uh, gentleness, mm-hmm. um, uh, humility as a way of working, totally foreign mm-hmm. to our cultural space, um, but we have yet to see the kind of productivity that might flow mm-hmm. out of gentleness and humility. It was enough to redeem the world. So I'm thinking there's some horsepower there <laughs> that we have yet to tap into. Yeah. So the frenetic <clears throat> busyness that that is just box checking actually demonstrates regularly over time to be less actual output than the relaxed, unforced rhythms of mm-hmm. grace that Eugene Peterson talks about um, in in his books, this idea of, of what does it look like to cooperate in my work now? This is getting back to where we were the previous week, but if that rest can work its way up, I tried to make the case on Sunday that rest is, is the foundation mm-hmm. for our creativity, the foundation for our work. It's the foundation of, of, of uh, cracking open the possibility of wonder mm-hmm. that may occur if I can kind of keep my eyes on the prize, because he says, if you do this, you'll find rest for your soul. In, in, as a mm. destination, yes, but also as part of the process. Mm. So then when I learn the easy yoke of Jesus, the yoke that I'm suited for, that I'm built for, that is, is built for me, then I have capacity... Uh, I, I think a whole lot of our energy is spent on, on doing things that are not our business mm-hmm. and uh, trying to solve for too many things at once. And uh, the outcome of it is we don't do anything really well. That's back to the Martha thing. What's the one yeah. thing mm-hmm. that enables you to be fully present in the moment and, and not lose heart focus on Jesus with you. So can I make my work a prayer process? Like Mm -hmm. I made my rest a prayer process. Can I invite an awareness of the work of the Spirit as I make that phone call, as I have that interview, as I prepare to head into this meeting, as I sweep the floor at the end of a long shift? Whatever, can can I make all of this, Brother Lawrence, the practice of presence? Yeah, that that invites not presence but awareness of presence in yeah. those in those moments. You know, mm. I love that. Yeah, it's so important. Like everything that you do just comes from that place of understanding of who I am in Christ. Like, what does He say about me? What is my identity? And everything that you do is just foundational to that. It's like when you operate from, you know, like I need to be productive. Um, it's just, it's like coming from a place of worry, you know, a place of scarcity. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's not, we don't, we don't, there's no scarcity in the kingdom. You know, there's, there, there shouldn't be any worry because when I worry, that just means that everything's up to me and, and I don't have to leverage everything that I do for my legacy, my future, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimate productivity. I just need to rest in the confidence of who God says I am Mm -hmm. and operate from that place, you know, and that's kind of like, uh, 
how I measure if I'm even going off off track is mm -hmm. is yeah. uh, when I start feeling that necessity to perform or when I'm uncomfortable about stepping into a situation. Hmm. I uh, go like, what is going on in me that I'm not really operating from my identity in him, you know? Well, and I think ultimately that is a weekly. Oh yeah, it's stepping in, right? That's absolutely. what Sabbath is yeah. intended to restore on a weekly it's like basis. That, uh, reconciliation, yeah. that weekly reset, where it's like, yes, everything I do comes from you. I don't need to. This is everything is a gift. Yes. It's like Anne Lamott, uh, uh, she's one of my favorite writers on well, whatever she writes on, but she said uh, in a commencement speech she gave that uh, one of the life lessons she has learned is that all electronic devices, if they are not working, most of the time, all you need to do is unplug it, let it sit five minutes, and then plug it back in again, and it works. Hmm. And she says, this also works for people. <laughs> so true. That is so true. Um, Bill, as you were talking earlier about receiving rest from the Father, is there a space for us as his children to, to also be the providers or uh, bring environment of rest for others? Yeah, I mean, because that's the outcome that you already alluded to, the, mm -hmm. the, and Alan as well. You mentioned this idea of a non-anxious, calm mm -hmm. presence. You know what it's like uh, uh, when somebody who is has gravitas, has has heft, has weight, has wisdom, comes into a uh, a, a vibrating situation. The temperature goes down. Mm -hmm. People relax. I've watched this happen over and over again uh, from a pastoral perspective even. I've walked into emergency rooms at the hospital and family are just vibrating because of anxiety and fear and what might happen. And just, it's not me personally, it's what I represent. But when I walk into that space, the temperature goes down. People, oh, okay, mm. right? So there is that aspect of it as well. And I think... The ways, for example, if we're employers, how we manage our people can mm -hmm. contribute to their well-being beyond their productivity. Mm -hmm. So if we can Absolutely. remember the bottom line isn't just the thing with the dollar sign in front of it, but is the kind of life that gets produced uh, so that can we build in spaces? And it's not about the Google experiment years ago of, you know, bring your pet to work and, and you know, Sleep ping pods. pong and, you know, yeah. the whole, whole thing. Um, although I applaud them for at least attempting to think through more creatively. Um, but what if, what if, what if, um, and it's not always about play and stuff like that because that always becomes a little awkward for for folks in the in the thing but what if there was a restful posture work still needed to be done and there were times when it was pedal to the metal i mean when harvest has come you better get on that combine and you better get out to that field but even the sabbath interrupts the harvest mm -hmm. and and provides the capacity to remind you it's not the harvest 
that is your source. Right. It's, it's God that's your source. Uh, so are there ways in our relationships that we can be restful uh, uh, kinds, of, kinds of people? Yeah. Um, and that's so helpful to hear. I know me and my family, we had the privilege of being in house church with Alan and Anessa. And that was early on in our introduction to Garden Church. And it was just such a wholesome environment. I wouldn't know what to call it at the time, but... Um, Alan and I were, you were, we were talking about this earlier is that you, you and your wife just bring so much hospitality, um, it just oozes out of your home, out of everything that you do. And even though it's like, we're doing a thing, it's, you know, this is house church. There's things to do, get the food ready. Like, you know, what's the structure? Who's going to pray? Um, there was never any sense of like hurry. There was never any sense of like, I'm too busy. It was always we got to sit down, relax. And that was a very healthy thing for, for me and my wife at the time. And you, uh, Alan, you, you guys modeled that so well, um, that I, th- I think about environments that we can create because hospitality is a big priority here at garden church, you know, and, and seeing how a little bit of that rest can play into that as we become like this, you know, beacon of, uh, of light for people that are, you know, heavy laden and weary, right. Right. come right. and, you know, get rid of your burdens because, because, you know, his, his burden is light and we get to have rest and, and, and enjoy rest as yeah. a result of identity, as opposed to striving and trying to earn. Um, right. So I think, I think you know. if I just one more piece on this, if, 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 if we can learn rest so that it's not just a destination for the weary, but it becomes, like I said, this platform for life. So it's not, I go to rest out of exhaustion, mm-hmm. but I come to work out of restoration. So it's the idea of filling up the reservoir and then living out of the overflow without diminishment of the rest that has been established throughout the course of the week. Because I mm-hmm. think sometimes we experience those hospitable environments as kind of an oasis in the desert. And then we, we go back into the desert uh-huh. with, with, okay, here and next oasis. Well, what if we developed a, a portable oasis <laughs> as we became people of rest? We became people whose fragrance was that of Jesus, whose aroma... Paul uses that language, was that of Jesus, who people take note of us that we've been with Jesus because we approach situations differently. We, we aren't, aren't looking to the destinational outcome of, ah, finally, but mm-hmm. we're coming from, no, the tank is full. We're, we're good and can live out of that goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan, uh, what are some of your thoughts on how hospitality can play into providing rest, uh, for others that are weary? I think it, I mean, it's really just, I guess, pre creating that environment of just being that non-anxious presence, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think more about that. I mean, I guess that's more Anessa's department too. I think we work well as a so. team. I, Cause I've experienced that with you guys as well. And what you do, and both of you together, but what you do is you are hospitable without demand. Hmm. You're present with people. 
Mm-hmm. You ask good questions, and then you stop talking, and I you actually listen. listen. <laughs> yeah, right. I love to I'll, listen. I was going to say the exact same thing. You ask yeah. good questions, and you are silent because you actually are interested to hear and listen. That's I love it. A, yeah. a wide open invitation, and and you, I've watched it happen in other contexts. But people will test that silence, mm. right? Mm. They'll say something, and when you don't interrupt then that creates space space mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. and and comfort with the silence that isn't going to be immediately filled with solution yeah you know you know well, and I, I do love that i love to i love to even when i go to, to social engagement i love finding a person that loves to talk because i really do love to create that space to listen especially like in in asking the questions and getting to learn more about people, who they are, what drives them, and uh, just creating that space. Yeah. I think the other element of it that you're so good at is the non-judgmental. Mm. Um, Thank you. Posture, mm-hmm. and I think I think you know anybody who's done twelve steps, anybody who's done mm. any of the st- any of the work, yeah. right? It's like, oh man, I got. I don't have a platform to stand on to make judgments of anybody. No. So, <laughs> yeah. You, you know? In, in a second, I think I do. God will always show me yeah, where, yeah. I, where I'm wrong. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like immediately. Like, yeah, oh, there that was is, that time. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. That's the truth. Um, and, that, and that's so good because I think um, just as a community of recognizing the power that we have to not just like maintain the status quo, but we can we can actually shift the environment towards mm-hmm. rest, towards healing, mm-hmm. towards um, this idea of, you know, remember who you are mm-hmm. and live from that. And, yeah. you know, it, it, again, uh, Alan, you and your wife are just such good models mm-hmm. of that. Um, and as we are going to be wrapping up right now, I did want to end with this idea of the opposite spirit so like you can bring hospitality you can bring rest with you and but bill you talked about this idea of carrying or bearing unrest with you um i'm not sure if either of you have watched the office but there's there's the character michael scott who is just like the classic love it terrible boss but i can't watch it wonderful person i just know too many people like that (laughs) so and there's one episode where where one of his employees stanley has like a heart attack and then the whole the whole office is very just like oh let's be peaceful let's be you know peaceful and michael scott is is wondering like who's who's producing all this anxiety and then as it plays out it turns out he's the one that's producing all this anxiety (laughs) like and that's comical obviously but um as we are you know, looking in inwards and recognizing that, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some of us that are listening to this, um, can sense the anxiety in all these environments and the big question, Oh, what if I'm the one bringing all this anxiety and what are some practical things that, that we can be aware of for ourselves? Um, if we're the ones bringing it, how do we, how do we release it and how can we Mm -hmm. be honest enough uh, with ourselves, um, to recognize that, um, you know, we're, we're not helping situations when we're, you know, when all we want to do is retaliate or all we want to do is, you know, one up the next thing, um, or just, you know, continue leaning into our personality types in a, in, in an unhealthy way. Um, so 
what if what if I'm the one bringing the anxiety? Like, what what can I do about that? Well, the problem is is that you need to know that that's the case, and recognize that there's a reason you're doing that. Uh, namely, my peace depends on everybody else doing what I need them to do. So it's Control. I have zero. I have anxiety, tension, chaos, confusion at the center. And my way of managing is it, it is to be most helpful on the edges and get everybody else straightened up and flying right. Because if the edges are controlled, then sooner or later, either A, my chaos will be tamped down or it will be, it will be hidden. Hmm. Uh, and so I make myself, uh, you, you see this often in codependent uh, relationships where somebody is enabling the crazy because it's their own crazy. They, they, they externalize. So part of it is just to recognize that I'm that guy. I'm the controlling one. I'm the one who's managing all of the things that don't even need to be managed. I'm asking questions that nobody <laughs> needs to even consider. Um, and creating scenarios and thinking I'm being helpful in that. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, hmm. learning rest at Sabbath starts to wick its way up into the broken systems that we have to manage our unrest. Um, and the trick will be at that moment then to allow that to happen. Hmm. But that's probably another hour-long conversation. Yeah, I was wondering, how, how, who, how would you come to the realization that you're that person? You know? Well, in, uh, almost undoubtedly, somebody has told you. Hmm. Uh, in some way, they may not have done it directly, mm-hmm. but they have resisted your help. Mm. They have, they they don't bring stuff to you. They um, uh, do an end run around your efforts to be helpful, mm-hmm. um, or you start to notice. You know what? This family never gets together except if I make all of the calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> what do I need out of this, right? I think I'm doing it altruistically. I think I'm doing it for the benefit of everybody, but maybe they don't need me to do it. Hmm. So am I really doing it for them or are I doing it for me so that I can be thought to be helpful even if I'm not actually helpful, hmm. right? So what happens if I don't make all of the phone calls? What if I don't organize everything? Well, it just won't get done. Is that so bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't get done? What What if there's no there there that needs to be micromanaged? And we've manufactured all of this out of whole cloth so that we have a sense of value and worth in, in making this happen, making Christmas happen, making the moment happen. When in fact, everybody else is playing our game, but doesn't. Ah, gee, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it might, might look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I would imagine that, it, I mean, I would imagine, I know from experience <laughs> recognizing that, oh, I'm the one that keeps on talking in this space. I'm the one that can't shut up. I'm, I'm the one that can't not do this thing. Um, and it's a hard thing to recognize that. And it's all, it's a harder thing to actually do something mm-hmm. to, to stop to stop that. Yeah, because it's really not at all about them out there. Mm-hmm. It's really about me in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Alan, as someone who carries peace and rest well, uh, whether or not you believe it or not, but um, I would love for you to just pray into our community, um, pray for for those that are carrying a little bit of, of unrest with us into spaces, and then also just pray towards, you know, hospitality and for, for Garden Church to be a place of rest, um, that the environment shifts when people walk in and they just recognize and it's not the building, it's not the paint, even though those can contribute, mm-hmm. but just the hearts of the people um, and wanting to to live from the place of rest as as a true part of our identity uh, and just all that, all that stuff. Okay. But I would love for you to just pray for us right now. Sure, I'd love to. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we just thank you that... Um, that everything we have and everything we are comes from our understanding of who you are. Mm. And um, yeah, I just pray over our community that we will be a people of peace and confidence in, in who you are and your authority and what you say about us, that, um, that we'll be a people that will uh, seek first the kingdom and um, with that understanding and assurance that all things will be added, that if we just seek seek you first and rest in, as Bill was saying, that make rest the foundation of um, where everything we do stems from that place of assurance, of confidence, of trust in you, and that every good thing that we have is um, a result of your blessing and your grace and your kindness and goodness, Lord. We just uh, help us to be a people of, of hospitality that when, when, um, when new people come or, or that they're welcomed with, um, hospitality and honor and grace. And just, they just feel that non-anxious presence of, um, not having to perform or to strive or to earn, but just that they can relax in and confidence and assurance of their identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we just uh, ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you, Bill, for being with us. And thanks for listening. Again, thank you so much for joining us. For more information on our community here at Garden Church, visit us on the web at garden.church.